0: JB, uh, some sad news uh, to start uh, the show with, and uh, this is uh, probably something that should have been uh, on one of our previous uh, couple of shows. Uh, our friends at Pacific Lutheran out west uh, experienced the loss of a uh, freshman player uh, just what, on October 12th, I think, uh, the passing occurred. Uh, Jordan Taft, number 38 for uh, their team, uh, passed uh there's uh, no information on the circumstances that caused it but it was sudden from uh, all information that we were provided and uh last week when they faced Whitworth uh Whitworth uh, was gracious enough to allow them uh, a little bit of an honoring of uh their I believe he was a tri-sport athlete in high school uh, also on the uh, baseball team of Pacific Lutheran um uh, but you can uh, see that uh, it was a moment that uh the Pacific Lutheran players obviously uh, struggled with uh, just like when we saw what Heidelberg went through with the Curtis Hellman situation last year Yeah, we send our uh, condolences. Uh, I always kind of turn to you for uh, words or moments like these uh, because uh, obviously this is never easy and so uh, what are your thoughts?
1: You know, unfortunately, Frank, you know, we've been doing this long enough now. It's 14 seasons in. And um, ever, unfortunately, this seems to happen almost every year in some, some form or fashion. Um, it's just a, an unfortunate aspect of life. Um, and it's something that I'm sure has been devastating for uh, the family as a parent. Um, the worst thing that could ever happen to you is to, to lose a child. So uh, my heart goes out to. Um, their their family and the kind of the extended pacific lutheran family um i was really impressed and touched that linfield um one of their conference rivals in the northwest actually sent like a poster sized um note letter uh, poster i guess with the entire uh wildcat football team you know signing and, and sending their condolences really a, a class act uh move on on their part because you know obviously um all those schools up there in in the Washington Oregon area are, are pretty separate from the rest of Division three and the rest of the country. So they're you know, banding together and trying to get through this, and, and certainly a nice sign of respect um, by the Whitworth Pirates to basically you know take a you know take a, a down take a knee basic in the at the very beginning of the game um, to honor uh, this uh, this fallen player.
0: Jordan Taft, gone way too early, uh, and unfortunately, it never gets easier to say it, so we'll say it. uh, Rest in peace, and our thoughts and prayers out to Pacific Lutheran as we start this show and dedicate it to them. Okay, we do have to talk football, uh, despite that uh, start, and uh, boy, I I hate I just hate that we have to go through that i mean there's twenty five thousand football players in Division three give or take, and it seems like every year uh you know the, the odds are against death at that age, and yet uh, it mm-hmm. happens every year uh, every yeah. season we every it in the spring have in the fall uh so again uh, our condolences. Uh, JB, uh, we have some guests in the wings, waiting in the wings, so why don't we just begin to jump into our discussion about games coming up here. But before we do, always, i like to say to you, uh, you know, what, what are your overall landscape looks here of what week eight looks like? I, you know, I, I will apologize to you about one thing before I give it to you. You said it was kind of a lighter, thinner week. Now, our guests may disagree with that because they've got a huge game coming up. Well. And there's a couple other games on here that I think are pretty darn big too. But, yeah, week eight is surprisingly a little thin in terms of national action. And I, I kind of wonder why that is. This seems like that point in the season where it should be kind of a bigger, I think, you know, crescendo of things going on. <sighs>
1: Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, week eight is the thick of the of the conference races. And in every conference, if there's six, seven, in some cases, 10 teams, there's going to be a round robin where some of the top teams are going to be playing some of the teams that are going to likely end up in the bottom. And you still got to go through those games um, and, you know, keep winning if you're the if you're in a contention, you know, playoff mode. But, um, but yeah, when I, I think the the nice thing, Frank, is that you know certain games, you know like the one we're uh, you know, going to talk about, you know, for instance, in the CCC between Sal and Endicott, that that normally on a any given weekend may or may not have a national audience. Um, you know obviously the the respective uh, fans of the alumni, the teams will be into it, but this is actually one of the top ten best games in the country now. Um, and so that's. That I think that's pretty cool. So, you know, maybe, you know, out of 100 something D3 games, you know, some weekends we have, you know, bigger, you know, marquee matchups. But, hey, this weekend, a little little less is more. Time out for a second. You're uh, the
0: guest panelist on Quick Hits this week on D3Football.com, I believe. Is that uh, not uh, correct?
1: i was asked by our friend greg thomas if i would like to uh throw some some picks out there and so yeah you'll see me with uh i don't even know what uh, headshot they have but hopefully it's a good one so let me
0: ask you a question did we pick the same game that nobody else is watching
1: uh the way you're acting i'm i'm thinking maybe yes we did
0: well, I guess somebody else is watching it, and it's ironic that the two guys on the same podcast may have picked the same game. We'll see uh, in a little while when they didn't talk about. To,
1: it. to be fair, we did not. No, you know, we, you know, I kept, <laughs> no, we did not. You know, no discussion about that. So it's kind of ironic, you know, if that's the case. But um, yeah, let's, let's go through our key week eight games here. And uh, first.
0: Uh, a game that was definitely on the list of possible uh, games for me to attend uh, was Catholic versus Merchant Marine, but going to Merchant Marine two weeks in a row would probably create a national outcry that Frank is basically uh, in the bag over at Merchant Marine. And yes, he did give me a t-shirt, so uh, Ray Martell yes, maybe joining Jaden Daly. So uh, we thought that That'd there be might great. be a little oversaturation uh, with that game. It is a huge game, don't get us wrong. Catholic and Merchant yeah. Marine are both uh, shooting for that new Mac title right now. And Merchant Marine's gauntlet run begins with Catholic and then Springfield next week before a bye and then the Secretary's Cup game to end the season. Endicott versus Salve Regina. I think we'll talk more about this game in a few minutes, actually. Uh, and uh, Dean versus Slowly. Anna Maria. Uh, Dean, who has uh, been kind of an ECFC class team. Over the last, uh, you know, couple of years, I couple guess. A couple seasons, see. yeah. Yep. Uh, and Anna Maria, which is not. Anna Maria has been kind of the, uh, you know, the, the dog that gets kicked every season, it seems like, despite all the uh, assumptions and whatnot. Well, not this year. Four wins, I believe, at this point, which is a uh, program yep. record. Four row. Yep. So, uh, yep. Coach Dan Maroney, Dan Mulroney, uh has uh, mm-hmm. something great going there. Uh, a new father, don't forget, uh, coming into this season, and uh, apparently, fatherhood has inspired him just a little bit. So, as we uh, turn uh, our attention here to our guests, we uh, so was this the game you picked as the game to that nobody else is watching? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Let's bring in our guests. Yeah, uh, yeah, at least we are. (laughs) Yeah, Let's let them tell us uh, if we should be watching this game. I think they think uh, we should be, and I'll be attending this game. We've got Pete Noonan and Elian Telford, the senior offensive tackles uh, for Salve Regina, although I believe, uh, is it Pete that's the graduate student technically in the roster? So he's the old guy over there. Uh, JB knows how you feel because he's the old guy in our show as the Seahawks host CCC leading Endicott on Saturday. Guys, thanks for joining us. And, uh, Pete, let's start with you, the older, uh, you know, age before beauty, I think is uh, the way we'll handle this one. Uh, (laughs) So, Pete, um, this season's been topsy-turvy for Salve after that start of the winning streak or start with the winning streak that you guys had. You ran into a buzzsaw versus Western New England and then seemed seemed to be bouncing back. So, sort of take us through here the game flow of the season so far. Uh, what happened that you ran into kind of the freight train, and how did you guys pick things back up?
2: Well, I mean, I mean, we started out very strong this season, and um, we came out against Western New England, and we didn't execute, and uh, we didn't play together well as a team. And then uh, we kind of rallied back, and we're we're feeling pretty good, you know, playing pretty hard, so. We're excited for Saturday.
0: And, Elian, if I could ask you to kind of uh, expound on it a little bit, I, I mean, what did the coach say to you guys after that Western New England loss that got you guys motivated to get things back on track here?
3: I mean, he kind of just told us to focus on everything week by week. Our goal is to, like, go on 1-0 every week, not worry about the weeks before or weeks ahead, just focus on the game at hand.
1: Now, you guys, um, I think, Pete, you're from uh, Pennsylvania, uh, or how did you you two guys are from, like, Pennsylvania and I think New Jersey end up all the way up in Newport, Rhode Island, um, you know, in the the land of clam chowder and yachts and mansions and all that kind of thing? I mean, how did did Salve get on your radar from uh, a few states away?
2: Well, um, I mean, just the location. Um, When I took a visit, I was like, wow, this place is awesome. It really didn't take much um, for me to just love Newport. I mean, I go to all the restaurants and Salve's campus. And once I visited, I met all the guys. It felt like a family I knew I wanted to be a part of. So definitely Newport and um, just the location. Yeah,
3: I'd agree with Pete. Around my area in New Jersey, there's not much water. There's not the beach two minutes away from campus. You don't get to see the ocean looking outside your window. So it was definitely a good choice. And to elaborate on the food, there's many restaurants. You can get food from around here. I mean, look at us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this,
1: see, all right, now we're talking that this is the best part about talking with offensive linemen, because you guys got to eat to stay big and strong and, you know, push those defensive linemen out of the way. Uh, I actually have a, a family member who lives out in Pelham Road there in Newport. Um, and I know that the, the food in the area is certainly, you know, as far as New England goes, some of the best stuff out there. So, you know, you're not too far from, you know, some of the famous, you know, pizza, mystic, and all that kind of thing. But what do you guys, you know, fuel up on, whether it's for, you know, a practice day or even more importantly on a game day when you really got to you know, beyond for that, you know, three-hour
3: stretch? Um, Usually nothing heavy before the game. I usually like a light breakfast. Um, It's usually after the games where I'll go out and
2: really get food like that. Yeah, um, like after game day, it's like well, not my favorite part of game day, but, you know, I like to go out to eat with my family and stuff, um, Brick Alley. There's a bunch of restaurants you can go to. Um, Also, like the pregame shakes we get sometimes from Bellevue Nutrition, you know, get you right before the game. So, definitely.
0: Okay. Just just to extend on this, I'm coming in probably around, I'm leaving New York City around 6 in the morning tomorrow. And uh, JB, I'll be a little tired tomorrow. So, uh, forgive me if I don't return all your calls. But, uh, I, I need to grab breakfast once I get there, so where do I go? What's well, a good breakfast spot? I know you don't like to uh, pack on before the game, but uh, you know there's six other days of the week. So where am I going for breakfast tomorrow, guys, once I get to Newport?
2: You have to go to Corner Cafe, hands down. Corner Cafe. Hands down. G- G- you can, can get an omelet that. or a breakfast burrito. Uh, <laughs>
0: breakfast burrito at the Corner Cafe? Yeah, what is this, Belton, mm, Texas nice. suddenly? I, 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 okay.
2: <laughs> okay. Good. Let's talk
0: football, guys, Uh, and uh, this Endicott team coming in undefeated in the CCC so far. Uh, They've had an up-and-down season uh, for sure. Their defense, uh, I I saw them firsthand in the WPI game when they shut down WPI in the middle of the third and fourth quarters uh, after giving up some points to them. Tell us about what you see as uh, the strengths and weaknesses of this Endicott defense coming up here. We'll start with Pete again.
2: Okay. Um, definitely the strength. I mean, they have a very good D line. Uh, they're very solid defense. Uh, you could tell they play well together and um, they fly to the ball. So, I mean, that's definitely their strength. Um, I mean, I, we haven't played them yet. So, I mean, we're gonna find out their weakness, but we'll see.
3: Yeah, I'd
2: agree with Pete. I on.
3: Video, there's not much weakness you could pick out on that defense. They're all solid, all around great players, and every time we play against them, it's always a battle. Yeah. So it's no it's no secret
1: that um, you know big uh, a big aspect of the Seahawks' success is running the football. Um, there's a guy that Frank got to meet in New Jersey named Joey Moriello He's supposed to be pretty good. I've heard, and I'm sure that you guys take a lot of pride in the numbers that he gets to rack up. As an offensive lineman, you really have to love being on a team that really does kind of run run first, right?
3: Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's our strength. So we lean on the run game every game, multiple plays. We have different run combinations and how to attack you. We just feel like. We can pound a ball on anybody in this
2: conference. I mean, when we hear a run play, you get excited, you know, because like, we like to wear teams down and get Joey those big runs, you know, and then we adjust and see um, what they give us. So,
0: Okay, but let's be honest here. Joey's not watching this. Don't worry, guys, okay? So you can say whatever you want right now. But, you know, these running backs, they can sometimes be a little prima donna-like there. The quarterbacks, we always know they are, okay? But the running backs can be a little bit, you know, uh, high maintenance and whatnot. G- give me a good Joey Moriello story at this point, because we've talked about him a lot over the last couple of seasons. Uh, I, I mean, ha- do you always get along with the guy in practice and everything else? Or does he get on you? Do you get on him? Give, give us a little bit of inside track here about the O-line and Joey.
3: I mean, uh, we have a really close bond with Joey, never really getting into any altercations or arguments. I mean, we're always willing to adjust for him, and he's willing to do the same for us. Even in, not just the run game, pass blocking, he doesn't mind throwing his body at defenders when they come. I mean, uh, along the old line we've been playing with each other for how long now? I've been years. With yeah. Pete for four years now. Uh My right guard, Stephen Dewey, even Jason Azzelina, who stepped up uh, due to injury. Jason, who also plays center, is a very good player. Left guard, Blake Guerrero, he's been here for four years with me, too. So the bond that we have uh, up front and with Joe is very close.
0: Let me uh, ask a question and jump in two in a row, JB. Sorry about that, but it leads me to something here. The family... Uh, that you're kind of pointing out here uh, with the offensive line. It it goes team-wide. When I saw you guys at Montclair earlier this season, uh, Coach uh, really uh, almost uh, lost it with me on the post-game interview because it's uh, right after his dad had a stroke, his uh, dad, Poppy, as uh, they call him. Uh, Soon after, Poppy uh, did pass away. And uh, one of the things that uh, Kevin had told me was, that basically the team rallied around him when the stroke first occurred. Uh, It it tells me that you guys really have this extraordinary relationship with Coach Gil Martin. I was hoping you guys could tell us a little bit more about what he does mean to you guys and what those couple weeks were like uh, internally as uh, he was facing uh, the prospect that he would lose his father, which he did, and again, uh, we send our prayers to his family for that.
2: Well, I mean, I've been with Coach Gill for five years now. Um, you know, he gets on you in practice and stuff. He's not scared to get on you and you know rip you a new one, whatever. But he, uh, like, he every player knows on our team that like, somewhere to happen, or um, I mean, it's a family. He, we know that he has our back no matter what. You know, so I mean, it's on us to have his back. So we just knew we had we had to help him and support him through this tough time. Yeah, to elaborate on what Pete
3: said, even even when he was going through tough times, he tried to keep his poker face around us and not show any weakness, and we just had to step up and de- be there for him. Yeah, you must you must
1: really love playing for him. He's he's such a likable guy. I mean, it, it's kind of hard for me to imagine though him chewing you guys out cuz all our interactions with coach Gilmartin, he's like a com- he's like a c- comedian, you know, he's <laughs> cracking jokes and he's like, you know, poking fun at us and stuff and you know, trying to think of him in a in a serious like, you know, chewing you out kind of situation is hard for me to wrap my head around, but I'm sure like, you know, any really good football coach he does it. <laughs>
3: Yes, just gonna say he's not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> just come to practice, you'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's that Long Island, New England sarcasm thing going on with him. Uh, <laughs> I, I can tell, and uh, we we get a little bit of it, but we don't we don't get on the other end of a bad uh, play or anything like that. So we don't get to see that level of it, guys. Uh, CCC title talk. Uh, kind of got sidetracked after that West New England game for you, but y- you technically have some level of control over your own destiny right now if you can uh, win this one on Saturday. I understand it's take it game by game, but there is a long view here because your goal is to win the CCC and get to the playoffs every year as well. Ellian tell me, you know what would it mean to be able to get through tomorrow with a win and perhaps get a CCC title despite the adversity that you suffered midseason and is that adversity? really building this team more, you know, it, w- w- how we always used to say, sometimes it takes a loss for wins. Is that possibly the case in your situation?
3: Oh, yeah, I definitely believe that. Uh, at the beginning of the season, Coach Gil sat us down and told us, like, with the schedule we have, we can either go 0-10 or 10-0. And we're pretty much in our in control of our own destiny. So we were just kind of coming out every week, taking it game by game, and trying to improve. And I feel like the loss was definitely needed. Uh, realized that we had some more work to do and had to rebound stronger.
2: Yeah, well, I guys, mean, I, I'd uh, say- Go ahead. I mean, I'd say that like, um, yes, Endicott's a very big game, but I mean, everybody in our conference seems to be very competitive this year. I mean, I've been playing for five years, and I'd say this is the most competitive year um, with Husson in our conference and UNE getting better. So, I mean, we just have to come out every Saturday. If we don't execute, we could lose easily. So, all right. Well, guys,
1: um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen in the huddle before. Uh, you know, we, we've, been, we've been around for a little while, but we know that not everyone's checked this out. But uh, one of the things we like to. Um, Offer up for uh, you know our student athletes on the on the program is the opportunity to give shout outs to any friends, family, um, teammates, and maybe from high school. It only looks like you got the. I'm assuming state liners is probably <laughs> your your hometown team. Um, so yep.
3: any shout outs that you guys would like to, to to give out, the floor is yours. Um. First, just obviously my team, the whole line, everybody all the seniors, Brian Velas with me, Pete, Blake. Uh people at home, of course, my mom, my family, my little brother, my little sister.
2: Uh yeah, that's about it.
3: Yeah,
2: it's a uh my family, a line, a line coach. Uh he stepped up for this year and coach Gill, um and all the fifth years I've come back. I mean, we've been through a lot together and we're having a bunch of fun this year, so
0: guys are going to see you uh tomorrow on the sideline. Uh it should be uh interesting uh and an exciting game and as JP said you are one of the marquee games this weekend in Division 3 and according to one map we saw on Twitter uh the state of Rhode Island uh it is the biggest game in uh, at least for atmosphere uh in the state of Rhode Island in uh, college football this weekend. So you've got that going yeah. for you so you I am sure you and Endicott are going to put on a show because uh, nobody likes a letdown with that top billing going on. So we'll see you guys and see where this goes as the CCC continues to be a very good race to watch in Division Three. Guys, good luck this weekend.
2: Thank you. Right. Thank you.
1: Good luck, guys. Can't hear you, Frank. That's you know, the beauty of doing this live. Got it. Yeah. I killed the wrong
0: microphone. (laughs) So there it is. Uh, We appreciate them joining us, uh, I was saying. And we want to thank Kevin Gilmartin for uh, helping us uh, organize that on short notice uh, last night. And uh, they did a terrific job. Uh, So, uh, Coach, thanks and uh, good luck to him as well. Like I said, we'll see them on the sideline tomorrow. Uh, J.B., and we'll let you continue here. We've gone through uh, the games to watch in uh, Region 1. Keep going, my friend, through 2-3 and whatever else you want to do at this point as we uh, kind of get ready for the next phase of the show, which you know what it is.
1: Yeah. I'm going to bounce around a little bit, Frank, because I think, um, you know, aside from Endicott, Salve, Regina, a couple of the, the two other biggest games of the weekend are probably in Region 3 with Westminster uh, taking on Washington and Jefferson. It's a rematch of the PAC Spring Championship game that we covered back in April or whenever whenever that happened. It was a 27-20 to win for the Titans this season. Seems like the presidents are in control. They're undefeated, uh, nationally ranked. Westminster had that kind of a surprising um, trip up against Carnegie Mellon two weeks ago. This is pretty much a an elimination game uh, for Westminster. They they need to win to to keep their um, title and playoff hopes alive. Huge should be a huge game there in Pennsylvania, and then in Region Six, uh, UW Stout against lacrosse, Crosse, uh, who we've you know kind of kicked that horse a little bit as far as how the the whole. Um, tape nerfing situation was was handled um, uh, by Platteville. <laughs> you can check our Twitter timeline if you want some more info on that or our last show around the 48 minute mark uh, where Frank gives a pretty solid explanation of, of what happened there um, and then even if you're you know if you're a real diehard want to stay up a little bit late on Saturday night Chapman versus Redlands should be a good game one of those two teams is probably going to win the skyak and end up going to the playoffs probably getting flown to either Linfield or Mary Harden-Baylor. But still, um, those games are always great between those two um, two schools. And then kind of jumping back to Region 2, some kind of old uh, rivalry type of games between St. Lawrence, Hobart, Utica, Cortland. Uh, Kane versus Salisbury is interesting in the sense that who knew the Cougars were coming into this game you know, undefeated in the NJAC? So this is actually a, uh, a playoff implication related game. I mean, Salisbury is going to be uh, heavily favored on one hand, uh, but they only beat Rowan by 17 points last weekend. It's not out of the blue that that came the way they're, they're scoring on special teams and some of the other stuff they're doing to make this uh, an interesting kind of must see type of game. Out in Region Four, Mount Union versus Heidelberg. This is another um, spring championship game rematch. And then Adrian versus Hope was a was a nice um, pick by you, Frank, because that's a that's a game that will definitely have some playoff implications as well. Hope's trying to stay unbeaten in the MIAA. Adrian played spoiler to Albion last weekend. Can they do it again? And then finally, um, in in Region Five, Ripon versus Chicago. This might be more of a, you know, a, a pride uh, rankings kind of a thing. Uh, both are one-loss teams in the Midwest Conference. But um, Chicago has looked, you know, great uh, all season, except for that one little trip up they had in the three-point loss to Monmouth. Um, you know, we'll have to see if uh, you know, if this game is a little more competitive than the last one that Ripon played in with the, against the Foresters.
0: Yeah, and uh, just going to uh, bring that back to the forefront here. Uh, kind of an elimination game when you think about it for uh, Rippon and Chicago, uh, because Mammoth having beaten Chicago, yeah. Lake Forest having beaten Rippon, that's that's an important situation.
1: Uh, you I realized I uh, forgot one. I forgot one, Frank. I should. I, I, I do see it down here at the bottom. Bellhaven versus Howard Payne. Um, yep. Bellhaven's offensive line was named to, to the D3Football.com uh, kind of team of the week. Uh, they have been, you know, creating some big holes and, and doing a great job there. Howard Payne is a team that's looking for some national recognition knocking on the you know on the on the Twitter door saying hey guys what why you know why aren't we in your top 25 why are, are, are we in your top 10 the jackets need to keep winning games and they almost lost to to Southwestern last weekend they cannot take the blazers lightly. Uh, this could be an upset special potentially if you're looking for one.
0: Now, JB, I've got a little complaint here. Um, first off, uh, we got to get you uh, to uh, lower your chair a little bit because you're just bleeding into our set right now. Uh, but um, yeah, w- watch this magic, folks. Watch JB get shorter before your eyes. His hair even has shorter uh, today somehow. Uh, but um, whenever you, like, gain games on me, I'm the first one to hear about it via text and you can tell me what the numbers are and how I'm eight games behind, oh, yeah. I think, last week. I haven't heard... Uh, peep from you this week. So I'm thinking I had a good week last week. I don't keep track the way you do. So uh, up there you, is you uh, did have a good
1: week. You, you did have a good week, Frank. So you um, you had a nine and four weekend. You successfully picked Merchant Marine, Endicott, Susquehanna, uh, Hardin Simmons, uh GCU, Lake Forest, Whitewater, and Chapman. So that brings your record up to 45 and 27, I believe. That's pretty good. Uh, based I, I, on, I don't mind my, that. on my on my man.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. What was your week you know, like?
1: You, you, well, you whiffed on you whiffed on SUNY, uh, Hopkins which we both whiffed on RPI and Utica, which in retrospect I may have to like go back to the videotape because I'm surprised those, you know, I'm surprised that we didn't hear more from Coach Potter that if you picked against Brockport it just you know, he wouldn't have let that slide. Maybe, maybe that was a, a typo on my part. But alas, Frank, um, I went ten and three. So you know, I, I whiffed on Hopkins, Shenandoah, and Cal Lutheran, but I got Merchant Marine, Gallaudet, Endicott, Susquehanna, Hobart, Brockport, Hardin-Simmons, John Carroll, Lake Forest, and Whitewater. So my, I'm up to fifty-four and eighteen. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. Still having a good run at it. But there's always this week, Frank. It's always this week.
0: What the hell is 54 over 72, for
1: that matter? You're batting 75%.
0: It's probably at
1: 60-something. 75? 75? Wow. That's... Maybe it's a good thing that I am in quick hits. Maybe we'll see if any of my predictions are are, are good enough to... Okay, here we go. I really don't want to
0: talk about this any longer. Uh, (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) You set me up for that so bad, too. It's been that kind of day today. Uh, Okay, uh, you know how it works. You start, I go next. We uh, snake it uh, throughout. We've got, I think, 13 games up for this week at this point. 11 minutes on the clock. William Tell will take us throughout. And the clock starts when I say the first game. Region 1, Dean at Anna Maria in the ECFC. Hit it.
1: Amcats, this is their year. I think um, Jack Mulroney is the lucky charm um, for, the, for the Cats this season, and so they will win their fifth straight, uh, finally getting one over on the Dean Bulldogs in a more of a shootout type of game, Frank. I think this is going to come down to like a 45-35 type of score.
0: Ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell. Anna Maria. Yeah, the Amcats, I agree with you on this one. We'll win the game. Did you give a score?
1: 45-35.
0: Thank you. Uh I, I wasn't sure if you said it. 3530 is actually where I'll go with it. Uh Anna Maria winning the game. Uh Cato salve Regina. No boy. <laughs> La- the last time I was. <laughs> Heading to Endicott. I think I picked Western New England and didn't make it to Endicott. And uh, there's that uh, whole thing. It's like I the Endicott-Frank Rossi relationship is cursed, okay? Let's just go there now. From a couple years ago to now. And uh, sorry, Coach McGonigal and everything else uh, that's uh, gone on uh, with that relationship and my bad picks and everything else. <laughs> Having said that, I'm going to give the nod to Endicott here on the road, and I, I just think that Graffia has really come into his own. Now, that, Huston's score should have been more distant. There's no doubt about that last week, but you can't fault everybody on one dud game, uh, and it's still a win, so it wasn't like they lost it. So, I'm going to say Endicott wins this game in what becomes a lower-scoring game than what Salve probably would want here, and that's why I think this happens
1: 24-20. Yeah, I was originally leaning towards the Gulls in this one, but, you know, after talking to those guys earlier in the show, they're, they're kind of gentle giants, a little quiet, but I think they're going to surprise us with a, a close call, I think, at home, The Seahawks will win 24 to 21 and just turn upset the apple cart in New England and see what happens. What goes from there?
0: The Baker Puck Bowl, Hobart at St. Lawrence. Go.
1: Um, Statesman defense has been saving the day, um, and St. Lawrence likes to sling it. I'm not sure what the weather forecast is. It's not going to be as bad as it was last weekend. But I'll take a heavy dose of Sean uh, Boswell. Easy for me to say, and I'll pick the Statesman to win twenty-eight to fourteen. St. Lawrence wins
0: at home on the grass. Believe they still got grass there, right? Uh, have they switched the turf yet? No,
1: it's actually at Hobart. That's my bad. That should be. Flipped oh, around.
0: wait a minute, then. Uh, see, see, yep. folks, see, see what he does to me. He knew this all along. And now I've got to, you know, live on stream, we've got to switch that around. If that's the case, I'm going to give the nod to Boz at Boz uh, again. Because I was going to call very close. Upset, I think not being at St. Lawrence is actually important here uh, with the conditions of the grass this time of year and everything else. Because I believe they've maintained there. Um, Hobart wins this. 27-21. It's still going to be a close game, I think. Uh, Puck's got a decent team, and Tyler Grosha is a good quarterback. Let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, Also, Region 2, Utica to Cortland. Um, I just don't think Utica's got the muscle here to beat Cortland. I think it could be a good game. Uh, And it just seems like the Utica story all season against Union and against Brockport They fall down by two touchdowns early and then try to claw back into a game and just never can get there. I would love to see what happens if they start hot in a game like this and the other team has to play catch-up. Utica wins this game. Yeah, Utica. Cortland wins this game. Whoa. Uh, 31-20.
1: Well, I'm going to go with the home team because last week and since he – here you go, Coach. Rockport won against Utica in a in a tough, hard fought game. I think you know Red Dragons have been just holding court, doing a great job. So I'll take the take the Dragons to pull away late. Say they win it, thirty five to twenty one. Frank, how can you
0: mess with St. Lawrence like that? According to the coach that you just referred to, I didn't try to. This was him. He he set me up. Come on, Potter. Uh... Utica Corley we just did. How about Kane at Salisbury? Uh, that's yours, go.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I said they're the heavy favorites, so I'll stick with that. But uh, I think Kane, Kane might have some surprises up their sleeve, so it might be a little closer than people think. I'll say Gulls pull away late, 31 to 14. Sherwood sure, can't be happy about Salisbury not getting
0: distance between teams, and it's, it's not been exactly a walk in the park all season. Uh, this has yeah. been an interesting, tough scenario uh, for them. Uh, tougher than it should be, at least, on the scoreboard. I think this is the game where they finally turn that corner and become playoff mode Salisbury. So I'm going to give them the win, 42-17. Belhaven and Howard Payne in Region 3. A Tough one, I'll tell you. Kind of uh, who's going to give here in terms of Bellhaven's defense or Howard Payne's offense. I'm going to go with Bellhaven. I, I, There's some things I did not like from that game last week uh, versus Southwestern for Howard Payne. And I uh, yeah, watched a little bit of that video it's to the point that uh, they didn't nerf some of it because we lost the, the first touchdown, for instance, so we couldn't even use it. So uh, I'm going to say uh, Bellhaven gets this one in a lower scoring game, and that's the key here. You got to keep the score down if you're Bellhaven, no doubt here. 2017.
1: Well, we've been agreeing on too much stuff for this for these picks. So I'll go with I'll go with the home team, Howard Payne. Um, I actually really like Bellhaven in this one. I think they could they could pull it off, um, but I'll I'll do Howard Payne. And I think you're right. Probably more of a lower scoring game, It's like 27-21, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Blazers won this one.
0: Westminster at W and J, possibly the game of the week in Division Three, as far as I'm concerned. Go! Wow. Um,
1: I, I guess I'll uh, you know I'll stick with the home team. Uh, it feels like this might be the president's year. Um, the Titans, man, they. Eesh. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be like a twenty-seven twenty type of game we saw in the springtime. But uh, yeah, I'll just, I'm going to take a flyer, and uh, yeah, Coach Sirianni and company that will hold home court. They seem like a you know team of destiny of sorts. But I wouldn't once again, Westminster upsetting them would not be an upset in my opinion at all.
0: Uh, let me read you what I wrote for quick hits today. If I can get it on my screen, uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Actually, yesterday I wrote it, but uh, today I submitted it again. And uh, the answer was number 11, uh, W&J, for the top 25 team that's most likely to be upset. It really depends on which Westminster team shows up. The CMU loss was perplexing, but the rebound last week shows the offense can still click. The game has a hopkins Mm -hmm. Muhlenberg feel to it. And that's an allusion to... Hopkins yeah. having not played necessarily the challenge games coming into it and uh, Muhlenberg getting better as the season went on. And that Waynesburg score was pretty eye-popping on the part of Westminster last week after that CMU loss. That's kind of their Ursinus moment, that CMU game. Though CMU's probably better than Ursinus, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, so I'm going to give Westminster the edge here 31-30 in a very close game. Mount Union, Heidelberg, and Region 4. Uh, This will be closer than the spring game, but it's going to still be a route, I think, uh, overall. Mount Union wins the game 42-14.
1: Yeah, I'll co-sign that. That sounds like a uh, good pick to me. Mount Union, 42-14, yeah.
0: Adrian, I hope, MIAA, will they uh, create more havoc, Adrian, or will Hope kind of knock them out of the
1: race? Well hope does wear orange uniforms like my certain alma mater so I'll I'll just use that as my excuse to, to pick them I think it's gonna be a close game though uh, but hope will hang on to win 35
0: 31 I just don't think hope's been tested enough here uh, and I think Adrian's test was that Albion game i am gonna give it to Adrian actually You're picking too many roads okay. so for these upsets that that's that kind of bothers me
1: uh, as it's I worked pretty it good for me last week <laughs> so Bite this me might be Baker. my worst weekend. Bite
0: me, okay? Just bite yeah. me right now. Uh, Adrian wins the game twenty-seven twenty-four. ripping at Chicago. Uh, Chicago seems to be the better of the teams here after seeing what Lake Forest did to Rippin' And at home, I don't think Chicago's being beaten in this one. So I'm going to give Chicago the 35 uh, 20 win.
1: Yep, I also like the Maroons. I think they'll win it uh, 42 to 21. Region 6, Stout at lacrosse. I think this is going to be a, a potential upset. I'll, I'll go with the Blue Devils. I mean, they haven't been able to do it in eight seasons, so the chances of them, you know, maybe it's slim, maybe lacrosse has been scared awake or whatever, but what the heck? Um, Stout surprises them 24 21.
0: If Stout beats Lacrosse, I'm eating this piece of paper on the show on next week. I'm telling you right now, okay? There's no way Lacrosse okay. is losing this game. No way Lacrosse is losing this game. When did I become the Lacrosse cheerleader in this uh, show? Uh, lacrosse wins the game 35 10. I just don't see it being like that. Uh, yeah. Chapman at Redlands. Um, Redlands just seems to have the class right now in the skyak and so I will go with Redlands 37
1: 21 yeah I'll, I'll go with the Bulldogs too I think uh, they'll win it 4235
0: yeah we'll speed the clock and we, we only had 11 Almost. minutes we didn't we, we didn't add back uh, time like we did last week so all things considered we did pretty well there um, you know, it's, it's just five different inter- picks this week, Frank. Yeah. I was going to say, five different it, picks. It's, it's interesting that interesting. we are disagreeing, even though we came into the show saying how this week doesn't have these compelling matchups. And yet we found a way to make five out of these 13 picks into uh toss ups essentially between us because, uh, us yeah. picking differently is a toss up uh, on this show. Uh, so, yeah. Maybe there's more there than we uh, began to think here. Uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. But if you know, again, for people that tune in, and I always get this question via Twitter, so I'll let you answer it. You know, besides my own team, who else should I watch this weekend in terms of football games on streams or whatnot? So. Go ahead. What uh What is the uh, call for you as to what to watch for for week eight? If you're a fan,
1: well, I mean, you know, I think we've we've highlighted a lot of these a lot of these games. Um, you know, Endicott Salve is going to have a playoff type of atmosphere. Um, even Dean Anna Maria will um, in in the EC in the uh, ECFC. If you want, to, if you are um, a little bit of a, I don't know video snob, is that the right way to put it? Howard Payne's broadcasts are ESPN quality. So if you want to see a really, you know, good looking game on your computer, you can mirror it onto your flat screen TV. That game is going to look like, you know, an FBS style uh, uh, broadcast. They just, they just do it a little bigger down in Texas. Um, And that should be a really uh, good looking, you know, game and one that I think that the the, you know, the Blazers could potentially pull off. Obviously, <clears throat> out in Wisconsin, the the Stout lacrosse game I think might be closer than you do. Uh, I don't know. Just that the the lacrosse Platteville game just gave me a little pause? And I figured, wait, why not? Um, but then I saw that Stout hadn't won in eight or nine tries. I'm like, uh well, flyer.
0: <laughs> so okay, i I've, I've taught you some of the you know kids lingo these days nerf for instance which we've utilized a number of times for the video nerf, uh, situation, yeah, which is essentially disabling uh, is the uh, definition of nerf um, you were you saying mirroring which is a decent triad word for putting onto your screen uh, casting is
1: what we call that now casting okay yep. well this is why you know an old guy like me has to have a, a, a younger you know co-host and partner to, to keep me up on all the all the lingo finally the obvious you know game that everyone should watch if you're a fan of of d3 football is westminster at wnj the that's the biggest probably the biggest game of the weekend in my opinion um you know championship rematch from just a few months back it's a game that the presidents um i think could you know should win but at the same time westminster winning would not surprise me at all i think your assessment was 100 correct just a pen. Oh, jeez, Elite. Yeah. Coach Milne's, um new nickname that he uh, provided me was was pretty was pretty awesome. I'm very humbled by his. Uh, moniker that he threw out there. I'm just amazed you saw that happen
0: in front of you. because That's not exactly easy to see that change. I was gonna hope that you didn't see it. Uh, this is elite statesman James Baker to uh, my, what is that at this point? A window right, how's that? Uh, so, folks, yep. please, please bow down before royalty when he enters the room. Uh, JB, we still have hopes that you're going to get to a game this season. And so, uh, let's make it happen. That Birmingham Southern possibility, an eight-hour drive, you know, could be interesting.
1: One-hour flight. Just Just yeah.
0: saying. Uh, But anyway, folks, you know how it works. I'll be at a game on Saturday. JB's going to retweet my stuff from there, uh, which is the Salve Regina hosting Endicott game. Uh, He will also be going throughout the country, uh, retweeting stuff uh, happening from Week 8. We'll have interviews on Sunday morning from uh, the winner of the Salve Endicott game on Twitter. And then we'll have a show. We may try to push for Tuesday next week because we robbed you of a day this week. So let's try to get it a little bit early next week. Uh, that's The stars align, of course, and we'll see what happens with that. But uh, that also depends on the cooperation of schools to get us the access to video when it doesn't exist still. So please help us, schools, and we'll try to get you to show out on Tuesday this week. Listen to JB on I got the some mat. breaking news. news.
1: Oh, time out. Go. I got some breaking news, Frank. Apparently, according to our our uh, our friend Joe Guster at the Merchant Marine, there is Ray Martell is going to be in the building for the Catholic Merchant Marine game. I imagine he'll be joining Jaden on the broadcast, just like the good old days. Um, so good to hear that Ray is going to make the trip and and, uh, and be there for what should be a great New Mac battle see and I wouldn't have been
0: able to get through all that security detail that's required when Ray is in the building. so that, that's why it's proper for me not to be there okay so uh, we, yeah. we've got that one covered with Ray being there. that's great. Uh, I was just gonna say listen to this guy on the New Time, noontime sports podcast from uh, I think yesterday or so we got released. Uh, Matt Noonan and uh, James Baker talked Division three football, especially New England stuff. So you'll want to tune in for that as well. That's noontime, as it sounds, sports, on the podcast host that you like the most, iTunes or otherwise. So get there Mm -hmm. and watch that, or listen to that, rather, as well. We'll see you throughout the weekend via Twitter. We'll see you next week on uh, this show. And uh, stay tuned, folks. It's going to get exciting. We promise.